Welcome to the Canadian Immigration Podcast, episode number two. My name is Mark Holthy. I'm a Canadian immigration lawyer based out of the beautiful province of Alberta, Canada. I'm an ex-immigration officer with Citizenship and Immigration Canada, having worked on the Canada-U.S. border. I'm currently serving as an executive member of the National Immigration Law Section of the Canadian Bar Association, which is an awfully long title. And I also served as, uh, and I'm serving currently as the immediate past chair of the Alberta South Immigration Section of the CBA. I'm a frequent speaker and educator on Canadian immigration law and policy, and I regularly chair and speak at seminars and workshops uh, to other immigration lawyers, immigration consultants, and human resource professionals across the country. Uh, The topics relate to the temporary foreign worker program and often relate to the transitioning of foreign workers to permanent resident status in Canada. This podcast is all about Canadian immigration law, policy, and practice. At times, I will cover some of the important changes within the Canadian immigration world. I'll also respond to questions that come to me through our Ask an Immigration Question portal on our website. Now, if you'd like to send a question to me, go to our website, www.ht-llp.com, and click on the side panel that's entitled Ask an Immigration Question. You can leave a voice message for me digitally, and I will respond to that question that you've raised uh, via our podcast. Now, I'll try to do it as frequently as the questions come in. I have found that generally people tend to ask the same types of questions, so I will group them together and then try to respond to everyone. In today's podcast, I'm going to cover one of the most common questions that I've been getting lately. Now, back in April the 1st of 2011, the Temporary Foreign Worker Program instituted a four-year cap. Now, that cap applied to any worker working at a skill level B, C, or D. And essentially what that means is skill level B category positions include uh, supervisors of uh, retail trade. Um, They also include the various trades such as welding and carpentry, etc. And all the positions that would rank below those. So trade and technical level positions as well as positions that um, do not require any real form of post-secondary education to be able to work on them. In other words, uh, ones where you can apply for the position with no experience or simple, simply obtain on-the-job experience. Now, the issue that we're having is April the 1st, 2011, they made the announcement. And when it was made, four years seemed a long time into the future. However, With us being now November the 27th, 2014, the April 1st, 2015 deadline is looming. Now, if you're a Canadian citizen, I would highly recommend that you don't think about traveling outside of the country during the month of April, because there's going to be a large number of foreign workers who will be capping out and having to return back home. So the common scenario that I have and the question that I often face is this. I'm a food service supervisor. I've been working in Canada since 2008-2009 and come April the 1st, 2015, I will reach my four-year cap. What can I do to stay in Canada longer? Now, generally speaking, uh, 
Each individual is going to have certain aspects about their history, their background, that may present different options. And oh, the options that I present here are general in nature and are intended to cover off some of the possibilities that might be available. So take what I'm saying here with, a, um, with that in mind. And uh, here is my top five options that you can pursue to stay in Canada if you are in a position where you're capping out. So the first, obviously, is to seek for an opportunity to apply for permanent residence through one of the economic class applicate, uh, um, one of the economic class processes. Uh, typically, that would be the um, the provincial nominees, the federal skilled worker program, or the Canada Experience Class program. Now, as we know, the new express entry process will be kicking in sometime at the beginning of January 2015. So you have very little time to act now. But the first key is to look to pursue any possible permanent resident avenues that you may have. When you're able to secure that permanent residence and you receive an acknowledgement from the government that your application has been accepted for processing and you receive that, um, that confirmation from the government, you can then take that confirmation to apply for a bridging work permit when you, your current work permit is nearing uh, expiry. In fact, within four months of expiry, you can then apply for a bridging work permit to extend your stay. And this is good because you, your company that you're uh, working with, um, it takes you outside of the four-year cap. Once you're on that work permit, then you are okay to stay until your permanent resident application is either approved whereby you become a permanent resident, or refused, and at that time, then you'd have to either explore other options or return home. So that's the first. Apply for permanent residence, and then obtain a bridging work permit to bridge that gap. One thing I will point out is that the bridging work permit has to be applied for before your existing work permit expires. If it expires and you're trying to restore, you cannot do that. Um, uh, through the bridging work permit uh, process. Okay, option two. Failing that, then what we're commonly seeing, if you are in a skill level B position, your employer may wish to consider applying for a permanent LMIA, a labor market impact assessment, to support your express entry um, uh, application. When you apply to express an interest in immigrating to Canada through this new express entry program, you will often require, and in most cases require, uh, an LMIA to support that. If you are in the process of capping out and you are running out of time, it may be possible for you to submit an application that is supported by your employer through the permanent LMIA process. This option will obviously only uh, arrive in the new year when the new express entry category uh, is introduced. But it bears the, the prospect of obtaining permanent residence in less than six months. And if you are able to enter into that category, um, it's possible that even though your permit may expire and you may have to depart Canada, we don't know all the rules, but it may be possible for you to have that application continue forward, notwithstanding the fact you're not currently in the country. So it keeps a foot uh, in the door to allow you to return um, 
once that permanent resin application has run its course. However, we are still waiting to find further information, but that's my option too, and these are in order of preference. The third option is starting to think a little bit outside the box. So if you come from a country, possibly where Canada has other international agreements, you may want to consider switching from a labor market impact assessment based work permit to an LMIA exempt work permit, such as NAFTA or GATS. There are other categories under the significant benefit uh, provisions or even a spousal uh, work permit. So if you're in Canada and you are here with your foreign national spouse, it's possible that uh, your spouse may better qualify for another permit if you have not yet obtained one. And if your spouse works in an occupation that's considered to be skilled, then you can obtain an open work permit to continue working in your current position. So that's another option to remain in Canada. In addition to that, the fourth option that I will explain to you is if your spouse chooses to go to school and attend a post-secondary educational program, a diploma, a degree-granting institution, but one that is designated by the government as a, an accredited um, and accepted institution for the purposes of Citizenship and Immigration Canada, as long as it's not an ESL course, your spouse could potentially go to school, or yourself even, and transition from a foreign worker to um, a, a foreign student. Now, obviously, most people that are here in Canada now and if you're working in a, um, a more entry-level position, then uh, you know, you're probably not going to have a lot of resources saved up to be able to afford the, uh, the added tuition. However, this is an option if there's a way that you can do it. Now, if your spouse goes to school, you are able to obtain an open work permit while you're accompanying your spouse. However, if you yourself decide to go to school, you can work off-campus up to 20 hours during the regular school term and full-time during the regular breaks. So that's another alternative that's kind of outside the box when we're thinking about possibilities. If you're able to go to school and go through that process, then many more options open up for you afterwards, including your, after your graduation, you can obtain a post-grad work permit to allow you to then work for a company in a skilled position and ultimately uh, apply for permanent residence through one of the available permanent resident programs. If these options all fail, really it's going to be tough for you to remain in Canada. However, there is an application called an H&C application or Humanitarian and Compassionate application that may be available for some individuals. Now, you have to show that you're pretty well established in Canada, that all of your ties and in all of your life, maybe you've even had a few uh, children born here in Canada that are Canadian citizens. All of those go to show that you have some form of establishment in Canada. And although that, uh, those factors are not the only factors they look at, they are important. Further, you would also want to show the hardship that you would go through if you were had to return home and apply for permanent residence. So an agency application is kind of like the last-ditch effort to to obtain permanent residence in Canada. One of the drawbacks is that even though you filed an HNC application, it is entirely possible that um, if your work permit expires, you will have to go home anyways. So sometimes we'll even consider using um, a, um, a spouse 
as the agency applicant. Um, yeah, either or, it doesn't really matter. But the reality is you're just trying to show that there are some justifiable reasons why it would be unfair for you to have to go home uh, or you do not qualify for any available permanent resident program. So the agency is a way to allow you to uh, to show your humanitarian, um, well, basically the fact that you you require humanitarian and or compassionate consideration to remain in Canada. So those are the top five that come to mind, generally speaking, and obviously each individual is different. If you have any specific questions um, that have not been answered in this particular podcast, please go to my website, www. Um, ht-llp.com and just click on uh, that link that uh, indicates ask an immigration question and we'll be happy to, happy to answer it. Also, if you would like to book a consult for us to examine your particular circumstances in more detail, please do so, do so as well and follow the links on our website. This concludes our podcast, episode number two. Um, And we look forward to uh, receiving your questions and discussing more important topics as they relate to Canadian immigration law, policy, and practice. This is Mark Holthy, Canadian immigration lawyer, and we look forward to uh, hearing from you soon.